Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The It's Good to Have the Whole Thing, But This Is Okay Too, I Guess, edition. What are we missing? <laughs> what whole thing? Is it like a loaf of bread versus a slice? Mm. Is it like a whole leg versus half a leg? <laughs> are we talking body parts? You're getting closer. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now I'm worried. <laughs> Today is episode 090. Zero, 090. 90. 90. Missing part of your brain? Not a problem. Sometimes. That's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I know for a fact I have poisoned away parts of my brain. Mm. Cells, at oh, least. Oh, sure. I have mm-hmm. killed cells. Oh, yeah. Many cells. Uh, uh, right behind the you. The fact that I can still speak yes. and see and hear is mm-hmm. a miracle. Oh, yeah. A miracle. It so really much is. poison this- <laughs> has gone into this body. Um, what are, oh, but we're not talking about me. We're talking about the brain. <laughs> talking about the brain today. Yeah. It is a huge episode today because oh we reached 090. We have. It's fucking crazy. We so have. <laughs> is it that crazy, though? Oh, I yeah. Think it's- <laughs> <laughs> 90 full goddamn episodes. We did it. Thank you to everyone who's Ugh. been around since 001, man. Y'all, I, we couldn't have done God this bless you. without y'all. <laughs> it, you know, if y'all weren't here, we would be just, just talking. Killing, killing more brain cells with yeah, something else. Yeah, we would be killing a lot more brain cells. <laughs> but we're, we're saving them mm. so we can do another 90. That's right. Was that too heartwarming? That was, yeah. That was pretty disgusting. That was I'm pretty sorry. disgusting. You should be. Uh, I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the disgusting Marissa Riley. That's me. <laughs> I am so gross. I am so sorry. I will keep it very <laughs> sarcastic and apathetic going Wonderful. forward. Wonderful. Yes. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And now that I do, I am immediately looking inward at myself <laughs> Good. and wondering if I am also missing part of my brain. Oh, yeah. Um, That's going to happen today. I, I th- I'm going to lose it today. <laughs> <laughs> how, are, yeah. how is that going to happen? The introspection. Are you of... taking it through my nose? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought up nose. That's really funny. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's oh, weird, man. No, I'm really worried. Oh, that's weird. <sighs> uh, yes, my friends, today we have two incredible stories based on two incredible studies of people flat out missing actual sections of the brain. Wow. But you'd never know it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, in the first half of the show, hold on to your butts. You got it. Because we'll be talking about some folks born without the olfactory part of their noodle. But can... <laughs> uh, I don't know what olfactory means. I hope you tell me. Uh, but they can absolutely 100% smell every goddamn thing around them. Olfactory. Olfactory is uh, smelling? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I could do without smell. No. You know, if, but okay. Come on. Come of, on. of all the five senses, what is the one you could do without? Oh my God. Isn't that hard? That's terrible. It's, and you know, I love smelling. Yes. <laughs> I love smelling. So yeah, she's like, I could do without smells. Like you, and you just bought a canister of like little incense. I have so much <laughs> incense in this house. I don't even, I don't, I'm not like a spiritual person either. I just like the way it smells. Yeah. I like to feel my, 
a room with smoke. That's right. That smells pretty. Um, but no, of all Classy the five bitch. senses, I would I would remove smell. What would mm. you remove? Oh, well, we're going to talk about how important scent is actually, okay. and you you may want to keep it. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but then I wouldn't have to smell other people's farts on mm. the elevator. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. Or I like the this. train. Mm-hmm. Or I wouldn't have to smell my own farts. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, I would live. Okay, so farts are in your, your the first thing. Yeah. Okay, I got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let's continue. That's the one. So that's going to be the first half of the show, Wonderful. everybody. And then after the break, we'll talk about a woman who has no left temporal lobe. Oh, that sounds important. Yeah. Uh, but, she, <laughs> <laughs> but she is fluent in languages and speaks perfectly fine. Okay. We're going to cover what that lobe does, of course, and how the olfactory works, because honestly, you have to know how it works to, to realize how incredible it is that these folks are totally fine with without one or without the other. They're okay. 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 So I'm going to say something that I think, I don't know if everyone's thinking this, but I don't know if anyone knows just how true it is, but they say you only use what 10% of your brain. They, I don't know who they are. We've been saying this phrase forever, but I don't know if it's even close to real. Is that is, do you know anything about that? Uh, we use every square inch. Okay. Um, that's what that's I for thought. Sure. <laughs> that's for sure. We need to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're going to find out today just how incredible our brain is. It's just mind boggling. These are just two instances of how it just wants, how it just needs to survive. It's just, it's insane. It's insane. And I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's dive in. And to do so, we need to travel back in time to that very special year. You know, the one, the one no one remembers. Oh, you're <laughs> I was getting ready. <laughs> you want to say it together? Yes. 2019. 2019. That's right. The year it's, no one remembers. It's what? officially turning into my favorite year because <laughs> everything that we talk about happens it's if we're crazy. not talking about butts we're talking about 2019 <laughs> that's what we should rename this podcast well that's butts or 2019 <laughs> should well, i make a sticker yeah we'll revamp on i'll it. put it on a tote we have <laughs> so many totes to make so many chill totes. so many totes just drowning in fucking totes uh, so it's 2019 yeah. and this year was the year several researchers from the de- the Department of Neurobiology at the Weissman Institute of Science in Rehovot, Israel. Well, they just published their findings in the November issue of the journal Neuron. Cool. You know the one. Yeah. And they admitted in this fi- in this journal that, you know, as with a lot of findings, they discovered well, what their discovery was. It was completely by accident. I love an <laughs> accidental finding. Yes. That's so fun. Uh, now, while reviewing MRIs of healthy left-handed female volunteers for a study focusing on smell in this population, the team came across an image of a brain that was completely missing what's called olfactory bulbs. Cool. Okay. Even though, remember, this person volunteered to smell stuff. Interesting. The volunteer was like, yeah, I'm totally fine. What's up? Are we smelling shit or not? Are we doing this study? What's happening? (gasps) So it turns out, no. The researchers scrapped the initial study ASAP and dove headfirst, no pun intended, (laughs) On finding more healthy, totally have their sense of smell, left-handed female volunteers without olfactory bulbs. 
Okay. Put a okay, pin in that. Okay. A lot, mm. I have lots of questions. Yeah. I have a feeling you're going to answer them yeah. before I ask. What's them. up? What, tell me. I really want to know what an olfactory yeah. bulb is. <laughs> yes. I want it. I I'm not left-handed, but yeah. I hope I have them. Oh yeah. It's, Although it sounds oh, we're like you could survive without them. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Now, like we said before, we get into what tests are going to be performed on this population. What the outcomes were. Dr. Marissa had a great question. What the fuck are these bulbs? Yes. How do they work? Am I missing this body part? All great questions. So let's get acquainted with your new best buddy, the olfactory bulb. You got it. So please, everyone, imagine your face. Oh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Now point to the space between your eyebrows. All right. Just above your nose. Okay. And voila. There, behind your skull, you'll find two bulby shapes. Okay. One for each hemisphere of the brain. Cool. Cool. And boy, howdy, they are itty itty bitty things okay according to the american journal of neuroradiology they're between six and 14 millimeters long that's just two tenths of an inch to an inch and a half long for us americans that's so tiny i feel like that would take like two tenths of an inch six margaritas to just completely dissolve (laughs) there you go in my mind i'm like ah yeah i totally it's like two lines these up yeah I lost these at 17 on a bender. (laughs) I'm sure that's not how it works. I'm just laughing. But tell me more. So they're between 6 and 14 millimeters long. They're only 3 to 7 millimeters wide and just 2 millimeters thick. That's it. 2 millimeters thick is a barely existent 7 hundredths of an inch. So that's for the Americans. Uh, But let me tell you. These little things are jam-fucking-packed. Dr. Marissa, I have a color-coded photo of a mouse's bulb. They're very similar to ours, and uh, would you like to see it? Yes, please, hurry! And all photos, MRIs, scans, the whole thing, they will be on our social media stuffs because you will want to see these people's brains and bulbs. (laughs) They're so good, you want to see it. I I haven't even seen them yet. So please come on by. Take a look at this mouse's bulb. Dr. Marissa, what do you see? Okay. And of course, just for reference, each color you see is a separate layer of cells. I mean, it looks vaginal. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But I try to make everything look vaginal. It sort of looks like a stretched out, like a bean or like like a zucchini. Mm-hmm. shape that's the middle of it so basically the middle what i'm looking at is this kind of green zucchini shape yeah. and then uh and it's kind of a, uh, it's spotty like mm-hmm. as if you took a sponge with some paint and yeah. then mushed it on the wall it'd be this kind of spongy yeah. looking thing and then around it is sort of an, an another sort of like spongy line of red and then around that is a layer of uh mostly black with uh, red flecks. And then around that is uh, a blue mm-hmm. layer. And again, that's also that kind of spongy effect. Yeah. And, and each layer is, is a different, totally different texture, mm-hmm. a different color. And um, yeah, this looks very special and vaginal. Yes. Um, <laughs> both of those words mean the same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. I totally agree. Uh, yeah, think of it as an onion, and when you peel back one layer, layer you find another and another 
and another. Exactly. I mean, so far, researchers have found five distinct layers in these bulbs, and each performs a role in taking one even tinier scent molecule, turning it into a signal, and passing that signal along to other areas of the brain, who in turn translates the information, and that makes us perceive a smell. Cool as fuck. <laughs> That's right. That's cool as fuck. I love it. It's fucking insane. But, you know, you guessed it. It's even more complicated than that. Of course. And we have to break this down just, right. just so you can really get a sense. Dr. Marissa, would you like to join me on this journey? Would you like to take turns reading about what we know about slash how we think the sense of smell works? Because uh, we're not too sure, but this is a general idea of how it works. I mean, nothing would make me happier because I am, like I said, I, I, I nixed it earlier, but like <laughs> I am so obsessed with smell in terms of like self-care bullshit. Like yeah. <laughs> I love a lotion. Oh yeah. I love a perfume. Yeah. I love a candle. Mm -hmm. I love a deodorant. My deodorant is unscented right now and it's killing me uh, <laughs> is it working i don't know uh i love a rose spray um i'll stop listing things that i can actually physically see right now um, <laughs> is that what you were doing i was wondering yeah <laughs> just like, pulling shit out of her ass she like stop <laughs> she just keeps going <laughs> i i this is so disgusting i like the way your face smells which is Aww. the creepiest thing i tell jill all the time but she has the most distinct face smell You've heard, it, um, you've heard it here first. Yeah, <laughs> you, you guys first, get guys. jealous. <laughs> uh, this lady has a good face smell. But yeah, I, and I'm just attra like, yeah. attracted to that kind of stuff. Aww. So I'm curious to Aww. see how that works. Well, let's begin. Let's find Sorry out Sorry how... for being disgusting. <laughs> Barf <laughs> again. Fucking gross. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the bulb's importance in the grand scheme of things. Our source today is from Alison Marin Curley's uh, article called Making Sense of Sense. Oh, there you go. Ah, what a delayed reaction I had. <laughs> Over at brainfacts.org. I had to read that slowly because I was going to say brainfarts.org, but it's brainfacts.org. It looks like farts. It um, it's one letter off. I if someone owns the yeah if someone owns brainfarts.org DM us yeah. maybe we can collaborate or brainfart.org uh, yeah that needs to be a website yeah. ASAP jeez okay so Dr. Marissa just take it away please I, I would be happy to all right quote smell begins at the back of the nose where millions of sensory neurons lie in a strip of tissue called the olfactory uh Epithelium, nice. epithelium. Uh, the tips of these cells contain uh, proteins called receptors that bind odor molecules. Take it away, Jill. Yeah, people have about 450 different types of olfactory receptors. Holy mama. Each receptor can be activated by many different odor mo molecules. Each odor molecule can activate several different types of receptors. What we think of as a single smell is actually a combination of many odor molecules acting on a variety of receptors, creating an intricate neural code. Ooh, a neural code. Mm -hmm. All right. Continuing the <laughs> quotes. This neural code begins with the nose's sensory neurons. Uh, once an odor molecule binds to a receptor, 
it initiates an electrical signal that travels from the sensory neurons to the olfactor bulb, hey, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a structure at the base of the forebrain that relays the signal to other brain areas for additional processing. One of these areas is the periform, periform? Nailed it. Piriform cortex, a collection of neurons located just behind the olfactory uh, bulb that works to identify the smell. Smell information also goes to the thalamus, a structure that uh, serves as a relay station for all of the sensory information coming into the brain. Mm -hmm. The thalamus transmits some of this smell information to the orbitofrontal cortex, where it can be then integrated with taste information. Oh. What we often attribute to the sense of taste is actually the result of this sensory integration. Ah. <laughs> uh -oh. Continuing the quote, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, continuing the quote, you've probably experienced um, that a scent can also conjure up emotions mm -hmm. and even specific memories. This happens because the thalamus sends smell information to the hippocampus and the amygdala key uh, and the amygdala key brain regions involved in learning and memory mm -hmm. and quote so i think i'm a big fan of um yeah the hippocampus and the amygdala connections with the olfactory pretty cool uh system also i just love that uh, whenever i hear about how the brain works with like the rest of your body i like can't believe how many little it's like a little train. Yes. It's like you, it goes to so many stations before it like registers, but it happens so fast. Isn't that wild? That's like, that was like five different little train stations. It's insane. It's like I'm explaining it to a two-year-old. No, I'm sorry. No. I, I trust our listeners. You're all adults. You're... And if you're not, good job for listening to this. We curse so much. I'm sorry. Fucking welcome. Yeah. You're so... fucking welcome. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Your brain is like the, um, it's like the tube in Japan. It's so yeah. fast. <laughs> it's so fast. Unlike the MTA where sometimes no. it's okay. And then most of the time it's not. Yeah. yeah the MTA is more like your intestine. It takes days to shit. <laughs> oh my God. MTA is like me when I'm drunk and I'm like trying to form a sentence and I'm like, we should hot dog. Um, <laughs> That sounded sexual. It was me just trying to say I want a hot dog. Um, we should hot dog. Put it, we on, should a, hot dog. Put it on a tote. We should hot dog, y'all. That's gross. Sorry. Ignore yeah, me. We should talk we should more, move on. Okay. <laughs> so this olfactory bulb is essentially the fork in the road leading, to, leading sense to the correct destination within the brain, essentially. And without it, researchers believed you'd have no sense of smell at all. Oh. A condition called anosmia. Okay. I've heard of that. That yeah. sounds very familiar. Yeah. Hopefully I'm saying it right too. It sounds, it's, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> so it turns out though, some people born without them totally have this sense. That is wild. Let's head on back now to that research team who has one volunteer in their pocket already. Remember the one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Now to get a few more for their studies, quote, they then turn to data from the Human Connectome Project, okay. a U.S.-based venture that's been collecting and studying the MRIs of healthy volunteers since 2009. Oh, that's so cool. I wonder Super if neat. I can offer them mine. Yeah. I have an MRI, not to brag. I spent like $800 on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... Fuck yeah. I gotta, I, I gotta use this somehow. Submit it. Yeah. Submit that. I'll submit it. Submit that Take brain. It. Submit that brain. Yeah. Okay, now... 
Out of more than 1,100 people in the project, the team found three more healthy people with the ability to smell but missing bulbs, all women and one left-handed. Okay, okay. End quote from edkara of gizmodo.com. All right. So in total, they found four people in about 1,100. Oh, my God. That don't have bulbs. So if you're wondering about the stats, don't worry. They did the math. Of course they did. Yep. Quote, together, the data indicates 0.6% of women and 4.25% of left-handed women lack apparent olfactory bulbs, yet can smell. How, how does this work? <laughs> lack of apparent olfactory bulbs was not found in any men. End quote. From a news release over at EurekaAlert.org. I'm not sure if this is like a good thing or a bad thing. It's, it's got to be wild. a good thing, though, because... Like, oh, we can do stuff without a thing. Like, that's It's wild. Cool. 0.6%. Jesus, yeah. But yeah. the good times, they didn't end there. Of course not. The team was determined to find some physical explanation as to how these ladies could smell stuff, like maybe their bulbs exist, but not where we usually find them, question mark, maybe? Oh. I don't know. I don't know. So two of those volunteers went through a barrage of tests, MRIs, diffusion MRIs. Fuck yeah. High ultra definition 3D imaging, yeah. uh, whole brain voxel based morphotometry. I did not look that up. Voxel based. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It sounds like a scan. Yeah, morphometry. Voxel based morphometry. Are you sure? It sounds like you made it up. <laughs> <laughs> did I make that up? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I swear to God, I didn't. That was one of the fucking tests. Okay. The team found. Drum roll, please. Nothing. Ah, right. Science. They uh, said no identifiable bulb was present. And good news, Dr. Marissa, I have a few of those MRI scans, and I'd love to show you. And I'd love to see them. Fuck yeah, let's look at these <laughs> goddamn brains. Let's okay. Do it. Now, one scan is of a air quotes healthy brain with okay. an olfactory bulb, or uh, two actually. Uh, that's in number A. Um, there are two scans belonging to the volunteers, the ones that don't have the bulbs, but they can smell. And the last scan, that's scan D, uh, is of someone with no bulbs and they have anosmia. Right. They can't smell. Right. Okay. okay. They can't smell a goddamn thing. So please tell us what differences you see. Uh, I labeled each again as so you could use that as a reference as well. Okay. But yeah, what do you see in these goddamn scans? I actually see something and yeah. I'm it, my mind is blown cuz it really looks like a lot of splotches, but <laughs> you know how the like when you see a picture of a brain it's got kind of like the little like you know hemispheres. The, it's splotchy. Yeah. The little wiggles and stuff. Yeah. Um the zigzags. Mm-hmm. The folds. The folds. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Um never allow me to talk again. Um <laughs> please Perfect. But, perfect, <laughs> goddammit. Thank you. Um, okay, so in all of these, we're looking at kind of one point, which is the part we talked about, mm-hmm. that part right between your eyebrows. There you go. Um, and um, it's zoomed in the same place. So on the first one, which is the person, the, the quote-unquote healthy scan, you can see those little bulbs. It's really obvious. And the thing that's interesting about these is the bulbs are white. So I'm going to talk about some stuff that I see that I don't know if it means anything. So they're white as opposed to everything else that's kind of gray. Mm. Um, in the second scan, which is the person with the missing bulbs who can smell, and uh, uh, so the two scans where the person is missing the bulbs and can smell, they don't have the bulbs, but it's white in that area, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. Yeah, but it's significantly smaller. But it's, it's missing s- a middle part, yeah. 
Yeah, it's missing the middle part and it's missing that bulb shape, but it's white in that area. Yeah. So I'm curious what that means. Mm -hmm. And then the person who cannot smell, who is definitely missing the bulbs, you can see nothing that looks like a bulb there and it's also not white. Mm -hmm. um, there's just no action yeah. going on there. So yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, it looks like to me that they have like a pocket, but that pocket is empty. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is it is a mystery. In sum, no answer was provided by these scans. God damn it. So it just confirmed what we already know. They ain't got no bulbs. They ain't got no bulbs. They ain't got no bulbs. No so bulbs. moving on, the team then wondered just how accurate really is their sense of smell? Because yeah. they say that they could smell. So Dr. Marissa, please tell us from EurekaAlert.org, what happened next? I would love to talk about this. All right. Quote, the three volunteers uh, also agreed to smell tests. Uh, these included subjective tests and objective tests that measure whether someone can pick up a scent, can identify scents, and can distinguish between scents. The two women who say they could smell performed within the norm for people their age, while the women with uh, anosmia failed to detect most odors end quote so yeah the people who could smell smelled fine totally fine the people who couldn't 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 that's right wow they are totally normal i was hoping it'd be one of those things where it's like um like we're both looking at the color blue but their version is not the same ah like that sort of thing not quite color blindness but it's just yeah slightly I, I slightly different well here's yeah. here's the here's a super interesting part for the last experiment the team asked those three volunteers and 140 other ladies of similar age to smell 10 samples. Okay. And from a sheet with a few descriptions on it, they were to choose the best one they thought described that smell to them. Uh -huh. Once more, the two women without bulbs fell within the norms of the study. But, get this, they were, quote, unusually similar to each other in their smell perceptions, ranking closer than 96% of any other two participants. End quote from Eureka. So they're similar. They're similar. There's something going on. Yes, they have similar experiences. Remember when I went through that phase of blaming everything on aliens? Yes. It's about to start again. <laughs> Maybe there's something alien going on here. I'm just saying. Yeah, it is super weird. Could be aliens that they are smelling things nearly identically, mm -hmm, which is mm -hmm. super weird. Uh, and this will need more investigation in, into why. Yeah. I mean, in the meantime, why the fuck can they smell it all? Yeah. Dr. Marissa, please tell us the vague, vague theory. I love, a, <laughs> I love a vague theory. All right, quote, the simplest interpretation of our findings is that these women were born without an olfactory bulb, but thanks to the extreme plus Mm -hmm. of the developing brain, they developed an alternative system somewhere else, not in the olfactory bulb, said Noam Sobel, senior author of the study. Although such plasticity is amazing, it is not out of the realm of what we have seen in human development. End quote. They've developed their own system. Exactly. They, they nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, cool. my friends, their version of an olfactory bulb is hidden away in their brain, and we can't find it, so it's amazing. That's so <laughs> weird, but good for them. 
awesome. It is so weird, and it's going to get cooler and fucking weirder in the second half. Because, my friends, after the break, what happened to another lady who's missing a big old chunk oh, no. of her brain? Oh, my like, God. Like, for real. We're going to find out. Stay tuned. Please do. A lot happens every day. Cut through some of the noise by listening to What's New with Wired, a podcast that provides in-depth coverage on technology and culture. With new episodes released every weekday, you can catch up on all the major events you missed. From AI developments to business updates to new scientific theories, it helps you make sense of what's happening in the world. Plus, each episode is usually pretty short. You can easily squeeze it in on your way to work or during a lunch break. So stay updated with the award-winning journalism from Wired. Listen to What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. That's What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. There are really many reasons to listen to our podcast, Big Picture Science. It's kind of a challenge to summarize them all, Molly. Okay, here's a reason to listen to our show, Big Picture Science, because you love to be surprised by science news. We love to be surprised by science news. So, for instance, I learned on our own show that I had been driving around with precious metals in my truck before it was stolen. That was brought up in our show about precious metals and also rare metals, like most of the things in your catalytic converter. I was surprised to learn that we may begin naming heat waves like we do hurricanes. You know, prepare yourself for heat wave Lucifer. I don't think I can prepare myself for that. Look, we like surprising our listeners. We like surprising ourselves by reporting new developments in science and while asking the big picture questions about why they matter and how they will affect our lives today and in the future. Well, we can't affect lives in the past, right? No, I I guess that's a point. (laughs) So the podcast is called Big Picture Science and You can hear it wherever you get your podcasts. We are the hosts. Seth is a scientist. I'm a science journalist. And we talk to people smarter than us. We hope you'll take a listen. Hey, everyone. Jill Chacha here from Well, That's Interesting. And I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it. I love it. And it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. (laughs) You get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, we're all pointing to our left temple. Oh. There you go. Point to your left temple. Okay, I got it. All right. I, your it. I had to watch you do it first. I'm like, <laughs> what is the left? I'm like, oh, that's right. It's the temple. <laughs> left temple. <laughs> All right. Now, if you would, please imagine the area behind it. Okay. Just beyond your skull. Imagine a few inches of space. Now make that space empty. Oh, no. No. <laughs> No, thank you. I need as much as I have. (laughs) Don't take any. (laughs) That's right. It's missing. And I bet you have a few questions like, is this part of the brain important? And what the fuck happens when it's not there? Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) 
Is that part of the brain important? <laughs> um, let's just pause really fast on that question. <laughs> I'm just assuming every part mm. of the brain is important. The <laughs> That's thought good. That's good of to think. losing, like I was watching a, a Nurse Jackie, which a hospital show the other day, and a girl had a bullet in her head, <gasps> and she was fine and talking, yeah. and I'm like. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah, it happens. Too. And I'm like, I know this is fiction, but at the same time, I'm just like, but I thought the whole brain, yeah, was like it's very yes. pretty vital. Yeah, pretty and much. so okay, yeah, that's you want to you want to avoid things in the brain. Remember that kid who got impaled? We, we talked about that. Yeah, uh, in betweenies ago. Yeah, about the impalement. He uh, and he was all right, and that was that's a really bad scenario. That was a terrible <laughs> scenario. Yeah. It worked out really well for him and his mom. Jesus, yeah. Jesus. Anyways, ah uh, yes. So oh, back to this. Um, all right now. Uh, Let's get acquainted with the left temporal lobe. Dr. Marissa, you and I have the fun task of telling our beautiful members of the flock what this section of the left hemisphere is responsible for and what happens when there's damage to it. What do you say? I say yes, please. All right, let's do it. All right, let's get started. According to simplypsychology.org, quote, the left temporal lobe is associated with understanding language, learning, memorizing, Forming speech and remembering verbal information. Uh, end end of that quote. There you and go. that's I mean I, I just have to add really fast. Yeah. That sounds so important. Yes. <laughs> Whoa! Holy shit! Holy shit! Yeah. Uh, from FlintRehab.com. Quote: Because many functions can be affected following temporal lobe damage, individuals may experience various complications that affect their ability to perceive and respond appropriately to their environment. Oh my god! Uh, for example. Those with receptive aphasia, or Wernicke's asphasia, often feel like the people around them are speaking another language. Stop it. Likewise, Wernicke's Wernicke's asphasia, sorry, it's Wernicke's asphasia. Nailed it. uh, It may also affect speech. Okay. Generally, individuals can produce words with normal tone and speed. However, their sentences usually do not make sense. Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Reading and writing are also frequently affected, as these require language comprehension as well. Holy shit. All yeah. right. Continuing that quote, uh, temporal lobe damage may also affect an individual's selective attention and forming new long-term memories. Additionally, individuals may experience anger or aggression due to difficulties processing their surrounding environment and quote this is like Mm. important shit oh yeah oh man forming sentences yes memory understanding others attention Mm -hmm. i mean this is stuff uh, my temporal lobe might be a little like (laughs) (laughs) not what it once was but i can't imagine yeah losing a chunk of it yeah Exactly. Yeah. So that sucks. It does. But now, my friends, may I introduce E.G.? Okay. E.G., who who prefers to go by her initials, doesn't have damage to her left temporal lobe. She never had one. Uh... Dr. Marissa. (laughs) Oh, my God. E.G. Would you like to see a recent MRI scan of E.G.'s curious brain? Yes, please. All right. And, of course, all MRIs... Uh, today will be on our social media stuff. So please come on by and take a look at EG's very curious brain. Uh, Dr. Marissa, what do you see or not see in this MRI? 
y'all have to look at this picture. Woo! You will laugh uncomfortably yeah. just like I did and start sweating a little bit. But it's the, you know, imagine a scan of a person's brain, a bird's eye view from the very top of the brain. And then just imagine um, like maybe a sixth of it on the left is just gone. Mm -hmm. It's just a big black hole yep. in the shape of a bean. But yeah, I would say... I would say this is like one ninth Ooh, of the brain, know. just not there. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not there. Yes. Oh my God, E. G. Right. Are gonna, you okay? I'm gonna take this off the screen for some. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I was like, wow, wow. Yeah. So, as reported by Rachel Funnel over at IFL Science, quote, the missing lobe may have been lost in early life when E.G. was a baby, possibly the result of a stroke. Oh, my God. The gap left behind is now filled with cerebrospinal fluid. Okay. Okay. Ah, ah, <laughs> baby had a stroke. Oh, my God. No. Poor baby. Now, I'm super happy to report E.G., who is in her 50s and has been aware of her brain's condition for most of her life, speaks perfectly fine English, okay. and is fluent in Russian. Oh. Okay. Accord, according to Wired Magazine, as part of a study at MIT, EG tested in the 98th percentile for vocabulary. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I, she can speak more languages than I can. Yes. That's wonderful. Yes. Uh, EG knows she's damn special, and bless her soul, she decided... Nay, demanded neuroscientists should be testing the fuck out of her to get some answers. Yeah, you're awesome, E.G. Yeah, not just for her, but for science in general. So, stepping up to unravel the mystery that is E.G.'s head is Ivalina Federinko, a cognitive neuroscientist also at MIT. With the coolest name ever. Right? Oh, so good. Now, before we get into what study took place on E.G., Dr. Marissa, why don't you give us a little bit a little bit of a backstory about language development and why this particular study took place at all. I would love to talk more about this. Oh my gosh. From Grace Brown at Wired.com, quote, language processing largely takes place in two major parts of the brain, the frontal and the temporal regions. The temporal lobes develop first, then the frontal areas develop later, around... Uh, at around five years old. At this point, the language network is considered fully mature. Uh, because EG's left temporal lobe is missing, Federico's team had a chance to answer an interesting question. Are the temporal regions a prerequisite for setting up the frontal language uh, areas? End quote. So we're like, can you continue with this sort of mm -hmm. development without... That there big you go. Ass piece. That's right. That's it's a right. big ass piece. You need a big ass piece. I'm not judging. I'm just like, whew. Yeah. Yeah. So, how the fuck do we even test for that? Yeah. Well, if EG showed activity in her left frontal lobe while she was performing certain word related tasks, then that would suggest that frontal language areas can emerge without a pre existing temporal lobe. Okay. And maybe that's why she's so kick ass with language. It's just all in the frontal part. But if she didn't show any activity there, it suggests that a left lobe is necessary for the development of the frontal lobe, the frontal lobe's language ab abilities. Right. Okay. 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 I, I funny that I tripped over that. So <laughs> it's a lot of lobes lot and of language lobes. and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So 
EG's brain was recorded while reading sentences and such, and the results were compared to 90 neurotypical controls. Uh, turns out, EG's frontal lobe showed no activity while she was doing language-related tasks. Stop it. Yeah. I was scared they would be like, oh, if we actually, like, I was scared they would not weaponize it, but use it somehow and be yeah. like, oh, if we take out this part of the lobe, they'll concentrate more on the frontal lobe and then they'll be even smarter. But um, that no. does, that's so, that blows my mind that without part of, I mean, it makes sense when you say it out loud, but like without this certain part of the brain, you can't continue developing yeah. a whole other part. That's exactly right. Uh, but then what is she using? <laughs> I'm so, wow. You're exactly right, Dr. Marissa. This means two things. One, left lobes do need to be in place for the frontal lobe language areas to develop. And two, for EG, both the temporal lobe and the frontal lobe functions must be taking place somewhere else. Oh my God. So, Dr. Marissa... By process of elimination, where the fuck else is left for all this stuff to go? Where do researchers believe all these functions are crammed into? <laughs> Please tell us. <laughs> let's, let's talk about it. All right. From Wired.com. <laughs> I'm so excited. Quote, they concluded that in the absence of her left temporal lobe, the task of language processing seems to have shifted completely over to EG's right hemisphere. A single hemisphere appears to be sufficient to give her proficient language skills. And quote, what a brag. Yeah. I only need, I only need the right hemisphere. Just need one. Yep. Yeah. I, I learned two languages. Only half that. Only half. <laughs> With half my brain. Only half. <laughs> I was like, am I allowed to say half my brain? I don't know. Yeah. She's using half her, her fucking brain. Yeah. I mean, She's got half her brain tied behind her back, and she can still learn two languages. That's the coolest thing I've ever heard. I hope she tells everyone. No. That's so cool. It, I hope she tells everyone in two languages. <laughs> <laughs> so, also, let's hear it for the right hemisphere for picking up the slack, you know? Well done. Fuck yeah. Well We've all been done. in that hemisphere. Yeah. Yeah, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, speaking of the right hemisphere, my friends, I got a plot twist for you. Oh, Hold no. on to your butts. Okay. E.G. has a sister. Oh, my God. And you guessed it. She's missing her right temporal lobe. What is happening with these lobes? <laughs> Y'all, what? And she's just fine. Ah, of course she is. So Federico's team will be studying both E.G. and her sister in an upcoming experiment to try and understand what in the holy fuck is happening there. So please watch this space and thank your brain. The end. <laughs> I feel so privileged to have the use of the my full brain. Yeah. And I mostly just use it to um, watch streaming content. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're, you're not alone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I am so impressed. What a badass. Badass. I realize this wasn't like her choice, <laughs> but damn. Pretty good. What a good right hemisphere. Fuck well yeah. done, EG. Mm. Nailed it. Yeah. That, that was a chef's kiss. Yes. So, uh, and thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends about people who's missing part of their brain. Yeah. And they're doing just fine. They're doing just fine. Enjoy yours. That's right. Yeah. And uh, please, stay interesting. Please do.